Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this Wednesday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. How are you? Doing well, thank good. you for asking. Good, you look good. You just came from the uh, beautician. You got I a did. lovely haircut. Thank you so much. I'm sure everyone on the uh, podcast is enjoying it. How nice it looks. Yeah, I bet they are. Yes. All right, let's get started. Disney Parks blog. An opening date has been announced for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. That's right. Some people are just happy that it's being opened. Other people are happy that it's taking so long. Why would you be happy that it's taking so long? I'm not happy that it's oh, taking so long. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's right. So Remy's Ratatouille Adventure has a grand opening date set for October 1st of 2021. That's a long time. It seems ready. Why wouldn't they just open it? Well, it happens to be the first day of the 50th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Resort. Mm. And it's also Epcot's 39th birthday. Mm. However, it is in October. I mean, we've been waiting. This was supposed to open in May of last year. Right. Or summer. Summer of summer last of year. Summer of last year. It's, I've been listening to um, pod, our podcasts from last year at this exact same time, just because, you know, the interest in exactly what was happening at what stage with COVID. And uh, yeah, that's, we were just talking about how Remy was supposed to open in the summertime. Right. Also, we were talking about um, what had just, we, uh, let's see, today, the 9th, was the first day of closure for what ride? Can you guess? Um, that would be the People Mover. It is. It's been exactly one year, uh, as of we're recording this, that the People Mover has been closed. Wow. I know. Ridiculous. And it will be open at some point. Some point. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about, there's a St. Patrick's Day foodie guide. Let's not bore everyone to death with the foodie guide thing. Let's, uh, make it short and sweet. All right. It's a very short list anyway. At Disneyland Resort, they've got uh, St. Patrick's Mickey Apple, a pot of gold apple, shamrock crispy, a mint chocolate cookie, marshmallow wand. Wait, what's a sh- what's the apple look like? It's a um, pot of gold apple. It's just it's shaped to look like a pot of gold with uh, a little it's gold. It's kind of cute because they, have, they haven't been doing any of the specialty apples lately. No. You know, it's just they do the dipped and they'll have like sparkles or something on them, but they're not... The ones with like the um, the crystal sugar, you know, they used to do the mini, the Mickey. Yeah. They had a few different ones that they did. I think they even did like a Donald with like white chocolate and uh, they haven't had much of that lately. All right. Also in the downtown Disney district at the Uva Bar and Cafe, they have a corned beef and cabbage burger and Irish nachos. Okay. All right. Over on the East Coast at the Emirates Patisserie, they have a shamrock cream puff and creme brulee. Uh, the Ganachery has Irish whiskey chocolate squares and Irish cream ganache squares. Deluxe Burger has a Dubliner burger. Uh, City Works has a corned beef Reuben and shepherd's pie. Uh, let's see, Yasaki in the Disney Spring has a peppermint patty slush. Uh, of course, Raglan Road has their mighty St. Patrick's Festival unplugged. Uh, Tamu Tamu in the Animal Kingdom has an Irish coffee. Uh, Flint Tree Barbecue has a cupcake. Nomad Lounge has a St. Patrick's Day trio. Uh, Restaurantosaurus has St. Patrick's Day Reuben tachos. Oh. That uh, that does not sound good. <laughs> no. Uh, Three Bridges over at the Coronado Springs Resort has a St. Patty's dessert Irish cream mousse filled pate au choux with pistachio cream and chocolate shamrock. That does not sound bad. Uh, the Wind and Waves Market at Vero Beach has a shamrock whoop- whoopie pie. Yum. Uh, Roaring Fork at Disney's Wilderness Lodge has a St. Patrick's Cupcake. 
And the market at Ale and Compass at uh, Disney Jot and Beach Club Resort has an Irish cream mousse cupcake. I'm all about the Irish cream. Yeah, that's... Oh, I love it. That's a chocolate cupcake with an Irish cream mousse dome and chocolate oh, crisp pearls. That sounds fantastic. All right. And okay. that was that's about half the list. All right, good enough. Gave you the highlights. Thank you. In California, this is big news. So we talked yesterday about the fact that uh, given that the um, numbers stay the same in California, that the governor has given um, the okay for theme parks to open at a 15% capacity. What was the beginning of April? Yes, April 1st. April 1st. And uh, Disneyland has announced their reopening date. Well, they haven't given a date. They've given us a general time oh, frame. Oh, okay. Uh, Bob Chapek in today's annual shareholder meeting said that Disney is planning to open both Disneyland Park and Disney's California Adventure in late April. Okay. Um, it will take them some time to get ready for the guests, and that includes recalling more than 10,000 furloughed cast members and retraining them to be able to operate according to the state of California's new COVID requirements. Um, he said the cast members are excited to get back to work, and it's good news for the Anaheim community, which depends on Disneyland for jobs and business generated by visitors. Mm-hmm. So Awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great news. Um, there will be more details on the full reopening shared at a later date. You know what they need to do? What's that? They need to move... Their ticket booths, not their ticket booths, their entry booths. Yes. To the end of like Main Street. Okay. So that your experience in the park doesn't actually start until you step off of Main Street. So then it's, you're talking about 15% capacity inside of that. And then there's a larger capacity allowed in shopping and dining, which would be what's along Main Street. Ah. Yeah. Genius. I know. I know. Thank you. Okay. Um, and then let's see our next bit of news. Avengers Campus is going to debut later in 2021. Yeah, that was supposed to open last year, mm-hmm. summer of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bob Chapek has announced that it will debut later this year. It will not, you know, it will not open when the parks yeah, open. Yeah, and it I wouldn't expect that to. No. They need to get used to operating again and they having also guests need, in there. They need to get crowds. right. They need to get close to 100% capacity before they do that. Right. And I'm sure that's some of the reason why why Ratatouille is not opening in Florida. I guess, but Disney World has been open for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've just sort of been waiting for that to open and they're at a pretty decent capacity. I don't know what their numbers are, but they're at a pretty decent capacity. Right. So I don't know. I think it's disappointing that they're waiting so long. Um, At the shareholders meeting, um, Bob Iger, uh, well, I don't know. He didn't announce it. We already knew this. Bob Iger is done in December after 47 years of service. That's right. He confirmed it. You know, there he was. He's been supposed to leave since 2018. Right. And it extended. And then last year, he was just transitioning out to be chairman of the board. And then COVID. And then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. So he decided to help Bob Chapek. And now he is will officially be done at the end of December after 47 years with the company. All right. And, and you know, great years of leadership. And, yeah. Uh, Bob Chapek thanked him for his many years of service and hopes that he can continue to do, uh, you know, uh, continue along and, and carry on in his tradition and do good for Disneyland and the shareholders and the company and all that Bob stuff. Bob Chapek's not getting 47 years, I'll tell you that no, much. No, he's not. All right. Um, despite the fact that we have to deal with JPEG, um, stock prices are at an all-time high. Yeah. Uh, you know, they went down to a, a 
COVID, they were down to like $79 a share. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, they've been flirting at about 210 a share. Crazy. So well, if uh, you bought if you bought Disney when it was low, right, you're, you're, you're doing pretty well. It, it's almost tripled from where it was a year ago. Yep. I think a lot of that's just due to the fact that Disney has proven that they really can survive anything. Right. You know, that they're well diversified enough that they can hang in there through even, you know, long closures of their parks, which was crazy. Well, and a lot of that comes to their new business model, which is that they're a streaming service and not an entertainment. Well, they're an entertainment company, but they're being driven by the streaming service. But would that have been the case without COVID? They were easily able to just shift their direction because they had so much diversification. They were able to say, all right, what's the part that's going to do, you know, that's doing our the best and let's shift over there. Right. You know, if you don't have that kind of diversification, you can't do that. But where so. would they have been without Disney Plus? Right. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Right. You know, they had that option. All right. In Walt Disney World, all parks um, are listed at capacity next week. And it looks like Disney's Hollywood Studios is booked through all of March. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's spring break season, um, but they are completely booked for uh, guest resorts and theme park ticket guests next week. Um, also, Hollywood Studios has no availability for the rest of the month either. Uh, so they are going to be larger crowds. Disney's still, you know, saying that they're at 35% capacity. It's just that they're actually closer to being at that full capacity than than they have been of late. Something I'm just thinking of that we haven't addressed, and maybe you have no idea. Um, Blizzard Beach is open now. It is. Do you make reservations for Blizzard Beach? I don't believe so. But how? They've just got a certain number of tickets, and you show up. Mm-hmm. All right. But, you know, with Blizzard Beach being open now, the Park Hopper Plus tickets are now an option again. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the Magic Kingdom, a new border has been added to the Gaston sign. Yes, I believe you mentioned anything qualifies for news these days with yes, this story. Yes, um, Yeah, they've added a little bit of a border to the sign. Uh, just gussies it up a little bit. You know, they're they're trying to make things look pretty for the 50th anniversary celebration, which will be in, what's now, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, in six months, seven okay. months. Um, Gaston's Fountain is empty. They must be getting that ready for the anniversary, too. Yes. Uh, they will be doing their seasonal refurbishment, which pretty much just means emptying it out, scooping scrubbing out it. all the change, uh, scrubbing it down, and uh, refilling it. All right. Uh, plexiglass. You know, you know what never gets cleaned? What? The animals in the Jungle Cruise. No. You know that. They must get cleaned sometimes. If you, I noticed last time we went, there was like a ring around the animals. Really? Yeah. Gross. It's almost like that mold line, you know, yeah. where the water, the water high mark. Like yeah. somebody should go through there every night and just scrub down. The every animals. night? Yeah. I mean, maybe once a year. A couple times in a week, they should go in and scrub the animals down. <laughs> it's not happening. I mean, there's that guy in California who goes in in full scuba gear into the Nemo attraction. Yes. And cleans stuff out. Why can't they just send They're somebody not, in? He's not doing it daily. In a pair of waders <laughs> and just clean off the animals. That'd be a good job for you. Because you know what? Real animals in the jungle. They, they don't, don't have get, mold rings. They don't get mold rings. <laughs> um, that brings up another thing that I was listening to on our old podcast. Whatever happened to the Jungle Cruise movie? Uh, it was delayed until this this year. All right, it's still going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were all excited for that. That was just that was just mm-hmm. about to come out. Right. Uh, well, I don't know if we were all excited, but we were talking about it. I was pleased. It's The Rock. No. Oh, yeah. Um, hmm, plexiglass dividers have been added to the barnstormer loading area. Uh, However, it seems they are now seating every row. 
Right. They uh, they have added plexiglass dividers um, so that people who are riding in the same car with you, you can maintain a, a safe distance behind plexiglass. But then once you get into the car, you're right up against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a roller coaster, so you're limited on what you type of dividers you can put because that changes the airflow. Right. Yeah, you can't. Um, but I find it funny that now, mm-hmm. you know, the park's been open for eight months. Right. And now they're just putting dividers in. Yeah, it seems like it's time to stop. Like, whatever you've done so far, kudos, great, thank you for the effort. But now numbers are going in the other direction. People are getting vaccinated. Whatever you have, you have. I mean, they're just going to put this stuff up to what? Take it down? But the dividers weren't up previously because they weren't seating every row. Now that they're seating every row. That doesn't change. That has nothing to do. I don't understand why that would have anything to do with it. Because if they weren't seating every row, then you didn't have a, a person right on the other side of you. But you're only in the loading area for like... Half a minute. Yeah. <laughs> what, I, I, don't, I don't I don't get it. Whatever. Uh, I told you the plexiglass industry is driving the COVID. Uh, I think they must be. Um, the Tron Light Cycle Run Canopy uh, has been topped off. Yes, what is topping off? You said it means that the, it hit its highest level. That's right. Uh, topping off is a construction tradition of uh, reaching the highest point in vertical construction. And when a building is topped off, uh, they usually place a flag or in some cases an evergreen tree uh, on top of the uh, last piece so the canopy piece has reached its highest point. Uh, there is still some structural, uh, temporary structural supports underneath. Um, and this is just the base for the canopy. Now the canopy has to be built on top of these supports. Mm-hmm. So we're still months away from the right. actual canopy itself being completed. Um, but this is the canopy support system. Um, and, uh, you know, they've already stated that this ride will not be open this year. Right. So it may have initially been a part of the 50th celebration. Not happening. Yeah. And that's what's funny is I, I think like three years ago, four years ago, they announced 50 for 50. Yeah. And then they cut it like in half. <laughs> 50 projects for the 50th anniversary. And one of them was the new theater on Main Street. Mm-hmm. And that got slashed. And yeah. They slashed of some of them before. They slashed a bunch of them before COVID even. Right. And then they slashed at least as many and now a lot after more of COVID. Slashed. Now it's like five for 50. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so did they put a flag on top of the topped off canopy? They did. Okay. In Epcot, La Creperie de Paris is going to be opening on October 1st. Oh, you take French? You speak French? No, not well. Je m'appelle Antoine. That's that's all I can say. All right. Well, that's all you need. When really. I get lost, I can, yeah. I can tell you what my name is. Um, so... Uh, La Creperie de Paris is going to be a new restaurant, and it is unique in that it will be offering both table and quick service options. Um, they what do you will, mean unique? Well, like not, no place else does that? Not many restaurants are table service and quick service. Mm. I mean, Be Mexico. Our Guest Be our guest is offers, Yeah, but they swap out. Right. Quick service and table service. Mexico is table service in the evening and quick service in the morning. The mm. one outside. No, I think one side of it does table service and the other side does quick service. All right. Then maybe this is going to be the new trend. Yeah. I mean, it's a good way to go. Right. Um, But the restaurant, uh, did I say it's going to open October 1st or did you say that? Okay. Uh, They're going to feature sweet crepes, savory buckwheat gaillettes, which are naturally gluten-friendly. I don't know what a gaillette is. uh, And authentic French hard cider. Okay. Yeah. 
So uh, that's exciting. Woo! The only part of that pavilion that is uh, that expanded area in the French pavilion that is open right now is the restrooms. <laughs> the restrooms. The restrooms have been open for a few uh, about a month and a half. Woo! Yeah. I don't know. Pull it together over there. <laughs> um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Big news. Yes. Exclamation point. Tony wrote these down for me. Has doors. Yes, they have put doors on two entrances uh, to the of, of the building's facade. Um, however, they are only uh, they only appear to be temporary doors. Oh well, so then that real, really isn't news, is it? Real doors will be coming. Well, you know, it's 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 opening up now. Okay. Um, the building, the roof is still covered in synthetic sheeting. Uh, the roof paneling, which is supposed to include solar panels, should be installed soon. Um, and uh, the side. Sidewalls are also covered in blue sheathing. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy is expected to open in 2022. All right. The pavement around Spaceship Earth is being replaced. Yeah, and this is just part of that overall reimagining of the entry area. Uh, so what you've got now is a whole bunch of the famed rolling planters mm-hmm. uh, being put around, you know, maybe a 30 by 30 or 40 by 40 square area. Um do you think they're going to put fiber optic lights in the new concrete? One could only hope. I know. That's such a, a facet of, of Epcot that I miss. I know. Um, and for those who don't know, they had fiber optics in the sidewalk and it would light up in the evening and the little kids loved it and even big kids loved it. I always loved it. It was yep. just, yeah, it's on the way out just to see that. I don't know. It was just always special. Um, Hollywood Studios. New socially distanced meet distanced meet and greets. That's What's right. happening? Well, you know we've we've gotten used to these character cavalcades, uh, but they've got a little something a little new in Hollywood Studios, and it is the Run Amok Park Picnic character greetings. Uh, so through in various areas of the park, um, you will run into characters. Uh, Chip and Dale uh, have a little picnic set up outside the Brown Derby in the fenced off grass area. Yep. Uh, they bring their own picnic basket and some acorns, and they frolic and wave at guests. Uh, Goofy uh, has been seen uh, interacting with guests from the top of the Hyperion Theater, which is where the Frozen uh, mm-hmm. show occurs. And Donald has also been seen outside the Brown Derby, uh, keeping watch over bugs uh, in the bushes. He is okay. out there with his uh, bug sprayer, uh, managing the pest population. <laughs> Good work, Donald. Yes. It's pretty cute. Yes. No, I like it. You know, place characters around, make it feel like, you know, you're really at Disney. Right. And they've been doing that in Epcot, too, because mm-hmm. there's so much of that that grassy section that is, you know, you can't go in there. Right. Yeah, which is uh, perfect. And they've had characters out there, like, you know, the best is Winnie the Pooh just wandering around out in the grass and waving at people. I want to see them get in there because there's no openings right. to those. It's just, you know, solid, like, metal fencing all the way mm-hmm. around. Do you have to, like help him climb over the fence. Yeah, they essentially just toss them over. <laughs> um, also in Hollywood Studios, construction is continuing on Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. That's right. This is going to be a barbecue restaurant in Toy Story Land. And, um, you know, it just, it continues to go on. There was rumor that it was dead, um, but construction is continuing. Uh, there is no projected opening date. Um, you know, of course, it was supposed to be open in 2020. Um, but this is going to be a family-friendly dining experience in Toy Story Land featuring a barbecue menu. All right. With a Western atmosphere. Perfect. Yeah. 
In the animal kingdom, plexiglass was installed on one Navi River journey boat. That's right. Okay. Just one boat. Trying it it out. Yeah. Um, You know, if this goes to all of the boats, they will then be able to increase boat capacity. Which would be good because the line for that is ridiculous considering that it's not that great a ride. It is ridiculous and not worth the 65-minute wait. Yeah, at least that. I think when we were there, it was like more than that. Yes, we we refused to wait that long. It was awful. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and in Animal Kingdom, we already said that. Uh, all right, so let's go on to entertainment news. Yes. Raya and the Last Dragon was number one at the U.S. box office this past weekend. Yes, and it was very sluggish. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did open on 2,045 screens, not including any Cinemark So screens. irritated. <laughs> they made $8.6 million. Okay. In the U.S. They opened number three in China with $8.4 million, which was disappointing. Um, and what I think is very disappointing is that last weekend, Tom and Jerry uh, opened up their new movie, and they earned $14.1 million. Mm-hmm. So they outdid uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Well, the other way to look at this, though, is if you wanted Raya and the Last Dragon and you didn't want to leave your house, you could pay to get it there. Right. That wasn't an option for for Tom and Jerry. Uh, actually, Tom and Jerry uh, debuted... Uh, concurrently on HBO Max. Oh, all right. I have nothing to say then. As it's a Warner's, Warner's <laughs> doing that with I'm all not, of their movies. I'm not sure what the problem is then. Um, so the total box office gross for uh, Raya was $26 million. Um, considering uh, animated features cost more than $100 million to produce, uh, it's, you know, uh, it's definitely off the trend that Disney would fail to crack $10 million on an opening weekend. Uh, a lot of this has to do, they say, with Disney's refusal to give exhibitors a better cut of box office revenue, and Cinemark, along with other chains, refused to carry the movie. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I hope that's not the case. I don't Why would Cinemark refuse to carry? Because they were also offering it on Disney+, Plus, I guess? No, because, you know, a lot of times what happens is they have a licensing agreement where you have to keep it in your theater for so long. Right. And you get so much of the box office, and... Uh, usually, and it, opening weekend is a big one. So maybe mm-hmm. opening weekend, uh, Disney gets 60% and the theater chain gets 40%. Mm-hmm. And whatever deal Disney wanted to do, Cinemark didn't want to do. Oh. Um, the, the only thing that's scary is, um, you know, uh, Black Widow is supposed to come out in May. Mm-hmm. And I hope they get, kind of get this straightened out before Black Widow um, because Cinemark is the number three movie chain in the country. And for them to not carry a Disney release is kind of a big deal. Well, it's a problem for me because we do the whole Cinemark Movie Club thing. So I pay like $11 a month. It gets me one um, ticket a month plus like a uh, reduced price on um, concessions and, mm-hmm. and additional tickets. So I like that. And it's it started back up again a few months ago, even though we weren't really going to see any movies. Right. Um I let it start up again anyway just to be supportive. And now a movie came out that I would actually want to use those credits on because I've got like five of them sitting there and they're not even offering it. So honestly, if another Disney movie comes out and they don't offer it, I'm going to have to pull the movie club membership because what am I going to use it for? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a tough year in the movies. Uh, I mean, so far in 2021... Uh, Warner Brothers has just about sixty million in gross. Universal forty million in gross. Disney ten million. Sony nine point five. Lion Gate, Lionsgate eight point three. Paramount zero, and United Artists zero. Mm-hmm. Um, 
well, this is this would be like the first weekend in any other year, right? And, and this is you know two and a half months in, right? Uh, to the to 2021, so it, it's just it's another it's going to be another dismal box office year, I think. Yeah, unfortunately. Yep. All right, Disney Plus though has surpassed 100 million subscribers, so good news for Disney. That's right. In December, they had 94.9, um, so they now have uh, they have broken 100 million subscribers, which is uh, big. You know, they weren't planning on on reaching this point for at least four and a half or five years. Yeah. Lucky for them. Yep. In Disney Cruise Line news, there's not usually very much Disney Cruise Line news, but we have a little today. We do. Um, sailings are expected to resume in the fall of 2021. Yeah. And then once again, this was stated by Bob Chapek. Uh, they they hope to maybe uh, resume sailings uh, by fall of 2021. Um, when sailings do resume, masks will likely be required. There will be adjustments to dining and entertainment experiences. Um, while no announcements have been made, a recent Disney Cruise Line commercial portrayed guests wearing face masks. Um, you know, the CDC still is emphasizing that there is a high risk of COVID-19 on cruise ships. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping they can get this all in order. We've talked about this before. It's just it's going to be a huge undertaking to get the cruise line industry back on its feet. Yeah. You know, you've got to get all these crews from across the globe mm-hmm. all at one time to resume sailing. And yeah. you've got to train them. And you've got to ready your ships. And you've got to it's build It's going to start labs. small, though. It's going to start yeah. small. They're not going to have all the ships going. They'll start with one ship and see what kind of uh, clientele they end up being able to have. Right. Okay. And then, um, well, this isn't Disney Cruise Line news. Okay. Well, it uh, is because it involves a cruise line. Does it? Oh, yeah, it does. Four federal lawsuits have been filed accusing Disney of not letting guests reschedule their March 7th, 2020 cruises on the fantasy. That's right. And they say because of it, some of their family came down with COVID. Uh, Now, Disney responds, we disagree. (laughs) Um, These folks are pretty much stating that Disney did not allow them to reschedule um, and uh, allowed passengers to fully participate in the cruise as if there was no COVID-19 outbreak or threat thereof aboard the vessel. Um, however, uh, Disney um, said that not one passenger on the cruise reported any symptoms during the actual cruise. Uh, they did allow guests to rebook up until the day prior to the sailing. They were allowed to reschedule their cruise. Um, they opted not to do that. And, uh, you know, there were health screenings on board and temperature checks before boarding. Uh, now, if you get further into the meat of this, apparently they, uh, they were diagnosed with COVID like in May. The cruise was in March. Right. Uh, Disney is countering saying that, you know, it's just too long of a period. Yeah. The, the gestation period uh, uh, would have happened prior to that so that's also not fair to make it sound like disney wasn't taking the proper precautions because march 7th people didn't you didn't really know what the story was well on march 8th was when the cdc pretty much told everybody not to sail Mm -hmm. so it was the day before right and then they were mid-sail right and when they came back that was it the pretty much the you know the whole globe shut down yep um, so I don't know. They should consider themselves lucky that they got on that last cruise and they did not get sick from that. Right. You know, and th- yeah, they were lucky to get in on it. All right. 
Thank you, Dr. Cheryl. It's not a doctor's opinion. That's a traveler's opinion who's been stuck not being able to cruise for how long? I know. It stinks. Yeah. All right. Do you have any final words? No, those were, that was my final words. All right. So until Friday, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast. (laughs) 